Hi, this is Richard Kay, and this is the Daily Reflection Podcast. And back then we had uh, telephone books. I uh, look up AA in the phone book, and it was in every phone book in America at that time. And the last four digits of the Mustard Seed Group in Chicago are 6856, which is my birthday. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. And at this meeting was a guy by the name of Eddie T. And I said, Eddie, you have no idea. And he says, oh no, I have an idea, Richard. And he said, you know, if you never pick up a drink or a chemical substitute again, you will never be in this spot ever. And that's remained to be true. It was a series of coincidences, or I like to call them God incidences that got me here. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. We interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. Good morning. Today is June 20th, and we have Richard Kay in the studio. Richard, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, we get the show started in the same way every day. We ask the guests to read the daily reflection for the day. Richard, would you help us get started? Sure. This is June 20th, Release from Fear. The problem of resolving fear has two aspects. We shall have to try for all the freedom from fear that is possible for us to attain. Then we shall need to find both the courage and grace to deal constructively with whatever fears remain. And that's from as Bill sees it, page 61. Most of my decisions were based on fear. Alcohol made life easier to face, but the time came when alcohol was no longer an alternative to fear. One of the greatest gifts in AA for me has been the courage to take action, which I can do with God's help. After five years of sobriety, I had to deal with a heavy dose of fear. God put the people in my life to help me do that, And through my working the 12 steps, I am becoming the whole person I wish to be. And for that, I am deeply grateful. Thanks for reading that, Richard. This is an interesting one in that it references fear quite a bit. But before we get started, Richard, what is your sobriety date? My sobriety date is March 21st, 1987. Fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the reflection. It does mention release from fear. I mean, that's the title. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Well, one of the things, you know, we're in the month of June right now, and a lot of the readings have to do with step six and seven and character defects. And, uh, you know, fear is an interesting uh, emotion component to life. In some ways, fear can be really motivating. Uh, I do a daily drill every day. I start on my knees in the morning and ask a higher power for some help. And I do some readings and I do some meditation. And at the end of the day, I say, thank you. And uh, I also uh, attend some recovery meetings on a weekly basis. And you know what? I don't know which part of that drill 
keeps me, uh, you know, clean and sober. So I do them all. So I guess you could say I have some fear that if I don't do one of those, that something bad could happen. And, you know, I've been continuously sober now for a little over 34 years. So from my experience, uh, that's worked for me. So from that perspective, I think fear can be a good thing sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I think it does motivate me. I, I relate to that. I'm, I'm definitely fear motivated. I think the problems come in when when it prevents me from taking action. I mean, what it's driving you and motivating you to do some things. Um, do you ever experience fear that that kind of limits you? Well, you know, it's interesting. The acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real, right? And there are a couple others that I won't mention here. And I'm a big believer that we can't think our way into better living, that we can only act our way into it. So I didn't get to uh, the depths of despair where I was on my at my first on my first recovery meeting, uh, based on my thoughts. I got there because of some bad actions, some wrong actions, and I was suffering the consequences of those actions. So my experience is that the only way to reverse that is by doing the next right thing, which isn't always doing something concrete. Sometimes it's sitting still, but it is an action. And uh, the people that I work with and I sponsor, I try and give them the distinction of a thought versus an action. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what we think and it doesn't matter what we feel. It only matters what we do. And that's my experience. I'm not at this stage of my life really limited by fear, but when I still meet uh, with uh, uh, my sponsor and, and trusted sages in the program, spiritual advisors, and I'm still asking the questions, I'm still reading literature uh, that prods me, and I'm a big believer in shining the flashlight in the dark corners. Mm, I love that. Sounds like you're a, you're a seeker as well. Exactly. Yeah. So let's back it up just a little bit and and tell us a little bit about what was happening. What are those actions that were were taking place in your life back in 1987 that caused you to think maybe you've got to, you know, maybe explore a different way of life? Well, you know, uh, I was a kid that came out of the rapper, very sensitive, very hungry, you could say. And there just was not enough of anything for me. I had a I call it a God-sized hole in my soul. And I tried to plug that thing with everything I could, uh, drugs, alcohol, women, money, and uh, it didn't work. Uh, I got to a point where I found myself in a hotel room in uh, Chicago and uh, really didn't feel like I could be, uh, I could live a full life, that I could be on the earth. Uh, another 30, 40, or 50 years. You know, I've always experienced almost too much emotion and been overly sensitive. And also the randomness of those feelings was really unsettling for me. And it seemed like everybody else was given the guide, the manual, and I didn't get it. So I found myself in a hotel room and uh, I was going to throw myself out the window. I was at that depth of despair. And, uh, you know, I realized at that point that my best thinking had gotten me to that moment and that I better do something about it. And I did. And I'm really glad to say that I haven't looked back and now I really want to live. Mm -hmm. 
That's beautiful. You know, I'm looking at you. Um, obviously, the the video is not included in the podcast. It's audio only, but I, I see you and we look to be probably somewhere. Well, maybe we're contemporaries. That would put you at a pretty early age when you got sober. Do you mind sharing how old you were? Yeah, I was 30 years old when I got sober. And it was actually my second time in the program. The first time I did it my way, because I'm also a big know-it-all. And I did it for nine months my way. And wasn't really quite as sick as you people. Uh, Didn't really need the entire prescribed methodology. I could kind of do do it cafeteria style. And then I was out there for four months after that. And, you know, it really brought me to my knees. And, you know, uh, to, to... tell the story, you know, I'm in that hotel room. And back then we had uh, telephone books. And um, I uh, look up, you know, AA in the phone book, and it was in every phone book in America at that time. And the last four digits of the mustard seed group in Chicago, I was there on a business trip, our 6856, which is my birthday. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. And I walked to this meeting. And at this meeting, I was living in Boston at the time, was a guy by the name of Eddie T. And he was right across from me. And Eddie wasn't just a guy that I knew from Boston recovery. He was a guy that had what I wanted. You know, he was married with kids and he had the light coming out of his eyes. And he sat next to me and I said, Eddie, you have no idea. And he says, oh no, I have an idea, Richard. And he said, you know, if you never pick up a drink or a chemical substitute again, you will never be in this spot ever. And that's remained to be true. So uh, it was a series of coincidences, or I like to call them God incidences that got me here. Wow. How long after you had that conversation with Eddie T, did you find yourself working the steps and and getting into the program? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, Eddie said, can you go 24 hours without taking a substance in your body. And I said, yes. And he said, okay, I'll meet you back here tomorrow. And I got back to my hotel room and the phone rang and Eddie said, I've got to go back to Boston. My trip's ending early. And I said, oh no. And he said, well, let me tell you about this drill that I do every day. And I'd like you to do this drill and then give me a call when you get back to Boston. So that's what I did. I had this thing called the gift of desperation. And uh, I'm one of these guys that you could stick a fork in me and I was done. Uh, and I believe that, you know, there's three choices, jails, institutions, and death. And I made it to two and a half out of the three places. And, you know, just feel very, very grateful that I'm here. Wow. Well, that's great. So, so tell me a little bit about what's happening with your program today. How do you, how do you continually work this program? Well, uh, sponsorship's a big part of it. You know, I meet my sponsor once a week and, we read all types of literature. Um, we're reading the spirituality of imperfection right now. We've read Drop the Rock and the Ripple Effect. And um, so we meet on a weekly basis and read and talk about what's going on in our lives together. I sponsor a lot of men. And I believe that we can't keep this thing unless we give it away. I believe that it's an unmerited gift. And I strongly believe in the responsibility statement that the hand of AA was there for me when I came in and therefore I have to outstretch my hand. So I still do that drill that I mentioned earlier. I'm on my knees in the morning. I'm reading the daily reflection. Um, I'm reading uh, men's meditation and uh, you know, I'm talking to guys during the day that are struggling with this disease and, and the fallout from it. And uh, 
uh, I really love seeing the light come on in men's eyes. And uh, it's just, it's, I really had no purpose for living when I first got here. And this is my purpose today. So uh, that's what I do. I attend uh, meetings regularly. I'm active in those meetings. And, uh, you know, that's how I do it. Fantastic. The reflection says, God put the people in my life to help me do that. And through working the 12 steps, that's just, just what you said there. I'm curious, are you, do you, do you still have the first sponsor you got or did God put someone else in your life? I'm in, I'm my third sponsor right now. And uh, I moved to uh, where I live now about 10 years ago and thought I was going to use my out of town sponsor. And one day somebody said to me, wow, I'm really surprised you don't have a local sponsor. And I asked somebody who had what I wanted. I think that's the best way to find a sponsor is when you go to a meeting or you go somewhere and you hear somebody, if they've got what you want, you know, ask them. Mm. Yeah. And this kind of ties into the reflection too around fear. I know I certainly had some fear around asking another man, but for me, it took that gift of desperation. It took hitting a really hard bottom and, and actually God putting this person in my life through a phone call uh, for me to, to realize that, I mean, here's, this is a person that's gotten sober. They have what I want. And uh, it was kind of the perfect opportunity, but maybe talk a little bit about how, how folks can, uh, you know, search for that person or, or, you know, what, what is the process of getting a sponsor? Well, you know, it's interesting because the, uh, one of the things that's said around here is that the telephone can weigh a thousand pounds. So I'll, I'll tell a joke really quickly, and maybe this can uh, can dovetail into what we're talking about. You know, there's a uh, uh, a guy with a brain tumor and a guy with cancer and somebody that has substance abuse issues, and they're all in a hospital room, and they're all going to die. And a doctor comes in and says, I can help you. Uh, and everyone said, how, how? And the doctor says, all you have to do is go to these meetings. And the guy with the brain tumor says, great. And the guy with cancer says, great. And the guy with the substance problem says, how many meetings? And it's interesting how our self-reliance, you know, on page 62 in the big book, it talks about selfishness and self-centeredness driven by a hundred forms of fear. And it's interesting how it's so difficult for us to give it up and to really surrender. And, you know, uh, I look at this spiritual aspect of this program because this is a spiritual and not a religious program as a glass of spiritual juice. And I'm looking for the juice. So I'm addicted to feeling good and I will do what I need to in order to do that. And I've determined that these actions that I take keep me feeling good. You know, we can't avoid fear and very often it's self-centered fear. It's the fear of losing something we have or not getting something that we want. And a lot of times we talk about being in the effort business and not the outcome business. If we're in the effort business, all we need to do is the next right thing. That's all we need to do. And I don't know, I'm really interested in what we get by being fearful. We get the ability not to have to act. We get the ability to stay stagnant. We get the ability not to risk, you know, and, and I can just tell you that I've met people and I've had times in the program where I haven't been as joyful as I want to be. And it's a lot better doing this program when we're filled with joy. So, Mm. yeah, I love that. So what about the people that 
have a hang up around the spiritual nature and and a higher power. Was that a challenge for you or did you have a higher power prior to coming into the program? Well, I don't know how much of a higher power I had before I came in the program, but those coincidences that I told you about in Chicago really sold me. And many things have happened in the last 34 years that have just been beyond mathematical probability. But for those uh, people listening that have an issue with, oh, this is going to be a, a religious program or a Christian program, it's none of that. It is a spiritual-based program. And for me, spiritual is a spirit and ritual. Those are the two components of that. So, you know, it's looking at something bigger than me. And it does not have to be a deity. It doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be anything like that. You know, G-O-D can stand for group of drunks. It can stand for good orderly direction. I think the realization has to come that, I tried and I failed by myself. So then I need help of others. And whatever that is for you, uh, my experience is just come along and you will be contacted. And (laughs) that is my experience. And I find very few people that are doing the drill the way that it's laid out, that their life does not improve dramatically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, try it for 30 days do what's laid out. And if it doesn't work, you know, uh, I've, if I was going to be a little snarky, I would say that we'll refund your misery. And if I was going to be really kind, I would say you can just try something else. 34 years is a long time. I'm sober a little over seven years. And, you know, I've had some struggles over just this short period of time. And it's made me, you know, question at times. I don't think about a drink much, if at all. I feel like it's been removed, like the 10 step promises. But tell me, have you experienced challenges over these many years? Sure. I mean, I've buried both of my parents. That was really incredibly challenging. I've had divorce, I've had remarriage, I have two daughters being a, a father of teenage girls and uh, everything associated with that. I've, uh, you know, lost all my money. I've, uh, uh, had ventures that have gone belly up. I've had really profitable uh, business ventures. So I've definitely been on the roller coaster of life. And for those of you that are listening that feel that life is mysteriously going to get better, um, life's going to keep coming at you. And life is about change. And we are a population that does not embrace change. And, uh, but for the first time in my life at age 30, 31, 32, 33, I had a toolbox of things that I could do other than drink and drug that were going to get me through it. And what I found out is that every time I made it through something difficult, I gained strength from that experience and it created more resiliency within me. And it made me find out who I was. You know, when I got here, I knew nothing about myself. I didn't know what kind of clothes I liked, what kind of food I liked, what kind of women I wanted to date. I knew nothing about myself because I was a chameleon up until the time I was 30. And I just wanted you to care about me, love me and accept me. So whatever you were doing, I was going to do. So I grew, I've grown up in, in AA. And if anybody who's listening is new or you know coming back, all you need to do is make it till midnight. And at midnight, you get to ring the bell. 
And if you've been here for a while, you'll enter something called the bonus round. And the bonus round gives us the opportunity to change the person we brought in here. So if you're struggling right now with chemical or alcohol dependency, that will be removed from you. You will gain so much more, so, so much more beyond your wildest dreams. Uh, trust me on that. The Daily Reflection talks about one of the greatest gifts, which is courage to take action. And it sounds like that's, I mean, that's what you're talking about when you, you didn't even know what kind of clothes you liked or what food you liked. You know, where does that, where does that courage come from? I think it comes from faith. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know that. I didn't grow up in the best environment and I didn't have the kind of safety that I would have liked to have as a child. And um, uh, I now know that whatever happens, ultimately I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to get through it. And so I have faith. I have faith in myself. I have faith in a higher power. I have faith in my sponsor and in the close friends around me. And, uh, you know, uh, it just makes life so much smoother. Yeah, I agree. Well, Richard, how about um, you've given advice to the newcomer. Anything else that you want the listeners to know before we begin to wrap up? Uh, I'm a big believer in, in the term sobriety. And sobriety to me means being sober physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, sexually. I wanted to grow up and be a sober man. That's what I wanted. And that's, I'm really happy to say and grateful to say that I've put the work in and I really am reaping the rewards of having a life second to none. And everyone who's listening deserves the same. Fantastic. Well, Richard, I want to thank you for spending time with me and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.